day to really list all the things that you have complete control over mm. and all of the things you have no control over. I love that. You can't control whether or not, you know, someone may have a problem with you or maybe you can't control that, you know, the company that you're work that you're working for is having layoffs or maybe you can't control the fact that your partner is cheating on you, but you can control how you try to mend the situation or how you react to the situation because ultimately a lot a lot of the things that happen to us I believe in I believe in God I feel like everything happens for a reason I feel like nothing is happening to me I feel like everything is happening for me so if something goes wrong it's for a reason Hello, and thank you for joining us on Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Women Living Intentional, a group created for those who are looking and ready to live in purpose. Now over to your host, Tayani Tellis. Hello, and welcome to Posh Talks Podcast, where living intentional consists of high vibes and posh lifestyles. I'm your host, Tayani Tellis, and today's episode is Find Shonda. Okay, guys, so as you all know, every week we bring to you a new posh babe who is doing phenomenal things in the community, in their business, or just in their life in general. And today we have a special guest, Shonda, who is going to speak to us about everything mental health. We're going to get down to the root, especially mental health in the Black community, and I'm super excited to learn more about Shonda her mission, and, you know, her advocacy for what she stands for. So, hello, Shonda. How are you? I am good. How are you? I am well. Thank you again for joining us today. So, Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So, for our listeners who are new to learning about your platform, um, learning more about what do you do, can you go into a brief detail of how you got into the space of even just wanting to study mental health? Sure. So a bit about me. I am 23 years old. Well, actually, my birthday was a few days ago, so I'm 24 years old. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I actually stumbled upon mental health by accident. I was working at a record label, Island Records, and one day they were having a conjoint event with Silence the Shame, which is a phenomenal mental health awareness organization led by hip-hop vet and just all-around dope human being, Shanti Daz. And during this conversation that she was having, um, it was a panel with her, Latrice Burnett, Charlemagne the God, Dr. Randy S., and a few others pertaining about mental health in the Black community. And Shanti began to speak about her personal experience because a few days prior to the panel discussion, her sister had died by suicide. And yeah, so it was extremely heartbreaking yet extremely comforting to see somebody of her caliber hurt the way that she does, feel the way that she does, but yet still have the power and still have the confidence to come up on stage and tell her story and let other people know that she's not alone and that we're not either. So that put a battery in my back because I personally suffer from depression and high functioning anxiety. So 
I figured that I want to use my my passion for helping people and my passion for talking to people and my passion for storytelling and transform it into purpose. So with that, I started working with Silence the Shame and I started working with this organization named Mental Hop, which is an organization that combines mental health um, efforts as well as hip hop. And with that, I started speaking to young kids more namely the Simon Youth Center Academy, which is like a group about uh, 20 kids that range between the ages of 13 to 17 who are now in alternative school and finishing to go to college or to go to full-time jobs. Now I'm of the current job market that I'm in and I, I'm actually thinking about possibly going to study psychiatry. Yeah, yeah, and... I think it's so important that, you know, I love the fact that we were able to connect because of the simple fact, you know, as much as we see it on the internet, mm-hmm. um, it's still, I feel like right now it's just trending. Like, you know, yeah. the self-love and the self-care and the mental health, it's a trending thing because it's a new topic. And I'm glad that we're having the conversations now. However, I feel like, you know, because it's so new and it's so fresh and guys, when I say new and fresh, I'm not saying like it just came about a month ago, you know, even in the last decade, you know, 10 years is still new. Or yes. Anything. Um, so with that being said, I feel like right now everybody's into knowing about it. So it's the perfect time to have a lot of people, you know, teaching about like what is true mental health and, you know, signs of knowing that you're not okay, you know. And Absolutely. I don't think people know those signs. They don't know those triggers and they really don't know, you know, what mental health is like. They understand, of course, like, you know, take time off, spend time with yourself. Right. Like the basics. Yeah. (laughs) But like what happens when you're deep rooted and it's generational things or childhood traumas or unconscious you know, um, things that you have picked up on or habits that you have even came across that you were just not aware about. So with that being said, can you just like explain, you know, what mental health is? And of course, like for a person who's new to mental health or studying about mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, like one or two tips um, that they could utilize to check in with themselves. Absolutely. So for those who don't know about like, I think the number is somewhere close to 14%. So let's round it up about 14% of the US population identifies as black or African American or somewhere in that spectrum. And of those over 16%, so 16 to 17% of 14% of black and African American identifiables have had a diagnosable mental illness in the past year. So that over in itself is about 7 million people. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. And the thing is for Blacks and African Americans, what we do is we tend to pass down generational trauma. And this goes back as far as slavery. Sometimes we have trauma and we have feelings and we have anger that we can't necessarily explain why, but we know that it's there. And people don't understand that trauma can come from as simple as 
you losing your pacifier for the first time when you're one years old or you losing your best friend of 60 years because they may have passed from an illness. Trauma is definitely relative. And I feel like what we do is we tend to brush it off and say that that's life. And we say that all we need to do is, you know, drink tea and drink ginger ale and go to church and pray about it. But there's actually so much more to the process of healing. And people think that it's very surface level. I know that for me, I am typically a very, you know, upbeat, happy person. I I like to genuinely around... I like to generally be around people. I like to help people. I like to talk to people. And I know that one of my signs that I can identify when I'm slipping back into a depression or a place of anxiety is when I tend to get really quiet. So one of the ways that people can identify if a friend or a family member, or even a classmate that you may have some sort of relationship with or you notice from time to time, if their attitude begins to revert in ways that they don't normally act, that can be a sign of distress. If you have some friend that's really, really, really quiet and all of a sudden they wanna go bungee jumping or they wanna do something really reckless, don't get me wrong, there's often times where people can just be like, oh, I I wanna change something, I wanna do this. But if it's something really drastic, then that might set off an alarm for you. Also, maybe if they say something, sometimes, I can honestly say for myself, I don't know when somebody is being serious or when somebody's playing around with me, but tend to have those open ears and see if somebody's putting out those those feelers, those cries for help. Because oftentimes if people say, you know, I want to go to sleep and not wake up anymore, or, you know, I'm just so tired, I'm so exhausted, I all want it to stop, or, you know, I just wish life was not this hard. Sometimes those are cries for help. Those are silent cries for help to see if people will respond. So oftentimes it's just as simple as, as listening. And I say as simple as listening because it takes but two seconds to be like, Hey, do you need somebody to talk to? If you're not free now, if you don't want to talk about it now, I just need you to know that I'm here. So identifying those small traits and then bringing it up like, Hey, I've noticed that you don't come to class as often as you used to, or I notice that you, you're walking into work a bit later and you're a bit reverted into yourself. I've noticed all these behaviors. What's wrong? How can I help? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Um, you gave some really, of course, great tactics and tools or, you know, identifiers for people to just even start to be aware of your friends and the things that we say, because I think that's the biggest thing, you know, Absolutely. we're not looking, well, we're not expecting. So it's like, you know, when your friends do say, you know, things that are not of the norm, like you mentioned, um, I think we typically brush it off like, oh, she's just. She's having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like, really, like you saying, identifying when someone is like really being serious or before, you know, you laugh it off or you know, say like, girl, you're just crazy. Like, to be like, are you really good? Or is this just how you're feeling today? Because I mean, I know we all have those moments where we're just like, okay, I'm exhausted. I want to check out. You know, I'll try again tomorrow. But then you do have those people who are really like, okay, I need someone to talk to me off this ledge. Because I know, especially in the black community, we are not vocal. We are not. not taught to be vocal about our feelings so like you said we do the um things where it's like instead of saying hey this is how I'm feeling today I'm not 
you know, this is what happens. We say things like, you know, or we resort, or we take up on things. So, you know, when people are like heavily into drugs, mm-hmm. you know, they can't express that they're going through something. But, you know, because um, I was speaking to, I actually spoke, um, moderated this podcast um, that was centered around mental health and um, all of that as well a couple of days ago. And we were speaking about, you know, people don't express themselves, but, you know, they're doing drugs. And it's like, you know, that's their way of somebody saying, like, or they're super drunk. And instead of mm-hmm. people like, hey, you know, are you okay? Like, what's happening? It's like we're feeding and supplying them more. <laughs> so, Absolutely. you know, they're looking for someone to say, hey, you know, what's wrong? Or, or they're just on that line where they're so drunk that it's just like, now this is the time where I want someone to ask me what's wrong, but we never do because we're just like, they want to be lit. They want to be turned. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, um, we're not really keying in or looking at, like I said, those identifiers that people are not okay. So even with that being said, um, mental health in the black community being that, you know, you're an advocate for it and you deal with it on a day-to-day basis, what do you feel like is our biggest struggle um, with mental health? I feel like you actually just touched upon it. It's it's really having that important conversation. It's important that people with the caliber of, let's say, Mariah Carey can talk about her bipolar disorder. It's important that Summer Walker can talk about her anxiety. It's important that Taraji P. Henson can talk about um, her son dying by suicide. It's important that Michelle Williams talks about the fact that she was depressed and suicidal because we're opening up the forum for these conversations allow- and allowing people like myself and yourself to be like, wow, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not alone in this because I know that everybody's lived experience is completely different, especially those of us who have a mental illness. And I don't like to say I'm suffering from it because it's something that I'm living with and it's something that I'm dealing with and it's something that I'm going to get through and it takes a battle. But for me, what it's like having depression and anxiety, it's like you, you care so much about what other people think, but you also feel so numb and overwhelmed and you're so tired all the time and you're also restless, but you want to be alone all the time, but you also want other people to like you. So you also want to be around other people. And it's like this nonstop wheel of churning, contradicting thoughts. And for somebody like the, like me, that's very scary. I am very afraid of my own mind, but I know that when I can have a conversation like this and it gets released to your viewers and it gets released to your audience, I know that if I can touch one person and one person reaches out to you or me and be like, Hey, I listen to this podcast. I know exactly how you're feeling or I've felt this way before. Do you have any resources? Can we talk? Is there a way that we can connect? As long as we bridge that gap, that's what's important in the black community because we're oftentimes taught to suppress our feelings. We're told we, we tell our men not to cry. <laughs> we tell right. our women that we have to be the matriarch of the family and we have to hold everything together. We tell our children that crying is for the weak. We always tell our families, whatever state, whatever happens in the family stays in the family. So we don't have that open window to invite in a therapist or a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist, or even as simple as another, another friend of the family who may have resources that can help you. We don't have the ability to feel like we can call the national suicide prevention hotline because we feel like whatever's happening in the house, 
is going to be solved right there or if it's not going to be solved it's nobody else's business so the number one thing that we have to do in the black community is break the stigma that we have something to be ashamed of there's nothing wrong with saying the word depression there's nothing wrong with saying the word trauma there's nothing wrong with saying the words bipolar disorder schizoaffective anxiety there's nothing wrong with any of this vocabulary because when you speak the words that's when you give it life and when you give it life that's how you know the proper next steps on how to deal with it how to cope with it that way we can know how to help each other so the important thing is just to keep having these conversations with each other yeah yeah i definitely agree because i think to some degree everybody is going to suffer from some type of depression anxiety you know and it might be on different levels because we all go for this thing called life <laughs> and Absolutely. you know it's not sunflowers and sunshine and rainbows all the time so Absolutely not. you know um i think the biggest thing for me was just being open because i had to change a lot of the ways and you know things that i were taught like i literally remember sitting one day and was like Tayani like is this how you want to respond is this who you want to be like do you want to do life like this and when you really start to ask yourself those questions that we're so used to asking other people like what do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> you know what do you want your life to look like what the, why we never turn inwardly we and don't. ask ourselves those questions like so you never really check in with yourself to say, well, how are you feeling today? You know, do you like the color blue? Do you really like the color blue? <laughs> like, you know, we don't ask because we feel like, you know, number one, talking to ourselves means you're crazy. <laughs> and then number two, right. you know, who, who was taught to really, you know, check in with themselves? Like, when was that ever a conversation? Right. Especially like you said, um, and I speak about the black community, the brown community, because I am black, of course. But for anybody else who's listening, I'm not exempting, you know, this conversation from you all. It's just that I'm more, you know, aware right. and conscious of what it has done to our community. So I'm more of an advocate in trying to help it become a norm. So I just want to put that disclaimer out there. However, like I was saying, um, I think it's very important that, you know, I don't think everybody needs a counselor. It'll be great if everybody went and talked to a counselor. I agree. But um, sometimes a lot of healing can take place just simply, like I said, turning inwardly and saying, hey, are you okay today? Like, you know, start to really dive into, like, what you actually like. Do you like how your parents, you know, communicated in the household. If not, how do you want to rewrite, you know, how you communicate with others? So it's like small things that, you know, we can practice um, that are really practical tools and tips um, that can start healing because a lot of times we're suffering because we're still holding on to things that we don't agree with. It's just that we don't know that, um, we don't agree with them. Um, so what advice, like, well, not advice, what was your journey like um, when you initially started to heal? Like, I know every day is not going to be, of course, a great day, but how do you take control of it now versus when you first identified like you were suffering with it? I think that I obviously have like a long way to go because a, a few days ago I was, I was, 
just dark thoughts and these negative inclinations of myself. And it's, it's still a journey, but I can honestly tell myself that I'm proud of me for getting as far as I have, because there have been times where I didn't think that I would see 24. There would be times where I didn't want to see 24. There were times where I didn't want to see 21. And my healing process was, was, it wasn't slow, but it took a lot of patience because I knew that something in my brain wasn't clicking like the rest of my friends. I knew that something about the way I walked and the way that I talked was just not, it, it, it didn't match what I saw or what I wanted to be. So I started taking control of myself by talking to myself. And I was, I remember when I started taking this public speaking course a few months back by Lisa Nichols, at the end of one of her modules, she challenged us to do something and it's look in the mirror every single morning and say three sentences. I love you for blank. I forgive you for blank. Today, I promise myself that I will blank. And I thought to myself, why, why am I going to stand in the mirror and tell myself this? It's, it just, no, I'm not going to do that. So one day I decided to do it. And I remember just breaking down because you just never realize how much you're hurting until you ask yourself, how are you? There's a difference between asking what's going on and how are you? Because you will get two different responses. I realized that I was not fine. I realize currently that I've made a lot of progress since I was 16, 17 and worrying about my body image and cutting and all that stuff to now that I have grown so much, but I still have a ways to go. I believe that the number one advice or tips that I can give to somebody about, um, about healing through my journey, because I can only speak from my lens as Deshonda Brown as a 24 year old black woman, that it's, it's okay to not be okay. I suffer from the notion that I feel like I always have to be perfect. I feel like I always have to be good enough. And it's not that anyone has ever told me I have to be perfect. It's not like anybody ever told me that I'm nothing without something, but it's just always this, this fear of failure, this fear of disappointment, this fear that I can't take care of my mother or this fear that I'm not going to be a good wife or mother someday. It's just a bunch of fears that seem irrational because none of that is happening yet. But as somebody who's anxious, people with anxiety don't only look towards the future, but we look into the past too. We, f- we figure out ways to bring up things that have happened to us and think about how that's going to mess up our future. Talk, yeah. talk to somebody. You always have to have one trusted person in your circle because all these thoughts kept inside, it's going to feel like a shaken bottle of soda. And when you open it, it's just going to spill all over the place. And that's the last thing that you want. You don't want to wait until it's too late. So my, my advice is to, to speak when you are comfortable because nobody can, nobody can make you speak and to ask yourself how you're doing. I agree. I definitely agree. And, you know, I think there is power in bringing certain things alive because 
um, as you were speaking, I was thinking about this meme um, that I've seen on Instagram, and it was talking about depression. Um, because anybody who knows, who follows the podcast, know I'm like a self-love junkie, goofy, <laughs> like I'm an advocate for self-love um, only because I know how important it is. Um, right. And not just self-love as in like take a bath and, you know, do all of these magical things. Right, or light are, some candles and stuff like that. Right, you know, those are um, practices that are good for the moment. But I'm so like the self-love junkie who's like, listen, let's turn inwardly. Let's, you know, get to the root of your whys. Like, I'm the person where it's like, we're going to really, really love ourselves. Like, we're going to love everything about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that it's going to be perfect. You're going to wake up and be like, I love life. I love myself. I love the way <laughs> right. I look. I love this. Because, you know, of course, like, if a pimple comes on my face, I'm like, like, what is it? You know, we still have those moments. But to the point where it's like, okay, if anything happens to you, if a heartbreak does occur, you know, you don't blame yourself. You start right. to thank yourself. You thank yourself for that experience. You thank yourself. You thank your body, you know, um, for consistently being able to push through your blood, for still pumping, even through this heartbreak, you know, that your heart is still, you know, intact. And then to also speak life into, you know, that negative situation. Because typically we try to dead situations and Absolutely. it's just like you only deal with these spirits because you never heal from them. So when you start to go through, you know, these situations in life, I always be like, you know, thank you, God, source, whoever, you know, you all believe in. But just thanking the universe for allowing you to grow in this moment, because I don't think we also understand, like, you know, in depression and anxiety, it grows us as a person if we mm-hmm. never look at it as a negative thing like I don't think anything that has happened to me is by mistake I think it has grown some way you know in life it has given me more wisdom it has you know showed me what I don't want to deal with in the next relationship but if you would have asked me or told me these things five ten years ago I probably would have been like, this was the worst thing that's happened. I don't know why I got Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's a constant battle because nothing feels good. When it hurts, it hurts. You know, I'm not, you know, saying yeah, Especially that. when you're, like, right in the moment. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, disturbing that part of it. But I'm saying, you know, when you're able to identify it and say, instead of going to the left, you can go to the right and say, okay, you know, it doesn't feel good, but thank you. I think it gives you a different type of drive, a different Mm -hmm. outlook. It puts you in a different mood. Um, And then if you can't get out of that funk, you know, again, self-love is a journey. It's a practice. So, you know, you sit right and to go back. It's not something that you can just wake up and do. Right. And if you do have to have a day, take a day, because that's a part of self-love. That's a part of, you know, those practices again, again, but back to the meme, it was just saying, you know, depression is a real thing and a lot of times we try to like get rid of it but the best thing to do is to actually take it listen to it nurture it you know give it what it wants and then soon it'll decrease it'll go down 
and not only like you said, you don't never you don't it, it never goes away, but you learn how to live with it and you have more control over it. And typically when you don't have control over certain situations, I feel like that's when it grows and it gets bigger and then it turns into something else and it turns into those conversations when you get to a point it's like, what is wrong with you? And it's like, I don't know. Like, and I think that is so crazy now looking back. (laughs) Like we, we're at a point to where we can't even tell other people what's wrong with us. And I think that was there's a real disconnect because I'm pretty sure I've been in situations, you've been in situations where somebody's like, what is wrong with you? And you're just like, I don't know. Right. Sometimes you just don't know though. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, but sometimes also, you know, but you don't know how to get it out. You don't know how to express it because there's so much stuff that has, you know, been bottled up and, you know, it's just mixed in. So like you said, you just really don't know. But it's like when you take time to sit and ask yourself, like you said, these practices, I think like that's when the healing starts and you're able to start to get to the root. You never probably are going to get to the root because like I said in the beginning of the podcast, um, some stuff is just generational unconscious um, things like the pacifier example that you use. So I think, you know, you hit it nail on the head. Um, with everything that you're saying. So as Shonda today, what is something, one tip, one tool, whatever, however, advice, um, would you give someone who is suffering and is trying to make it to the other side? Who, as someone who is suffering and wants to make it to the other side, I would definitely say that and, and none of this is going to be easy and none of this is going to be an overnight process, but take time one day to really list all the things that you have complete control over mm. and all of the things you have no control over. I love that. You can't control whether or not, you know, someone may have a problem with you or Maybe you can't control that, you know, the company that you're, work, that you're working for is having layoffs. Or maybe you can't control the fact that your partner is cheating on you. But you can control how you try to mend the situation or how you react to the situation. Because ultimately, a lot, a lot of the things that happen to us, I believe in, I believe in God. I feel like everything happens for a reason I feel like nothing is happening to me I feel like everything is happening for me so if something goes wrong it's for a reason I feel like every every partner that I've ever had we just didn't work out because they may have been blocking my blessing or they may have been blocking an opportunity family members that I don't talk to maybe that situation was more toxic than I than I saw it as a kid maybe maybe death of like my grandfather or a close friend was ultimately preparing me for the fact that I'm, I'm going to experience a lot of loss in my life and, and that's nothing I can control, but I can control whether or not I take it out of my friends. Right. I can control whether or not, you know, I want to move forward. I can, I can control whether or not I feel like eating, 
but also know that sometimes your mind will go on autopilot. That's what I say that my mind does. I believe that my my mind is like a very expensive car. It's like something I have to detail and take care of all the time. But sometimes it's like a smart car and it makes me do things that I don't want to do. Right. So if it brings you onto the freeway when you don't ask to be on the freeway, just take a, take a second to be still and be like, okay, I know this car better than this car knows this car because this car is just a piece of machinery. And for me, my brain, even though it controls everything that I do, I know that I am more powerful than anything or anybody that can come in my way because that's the way that I feel about myself and that's the way that I'm going to get through everything. So if I know that my mind is telling me to throw a temper tantrum and throw a fit, even if I'm in the middle of the fit, I have, a, I have the power to take a second and just be like, Shonda, stop. Right. Stop and think. So think about what you have control over. Think about what you don't. Don't worry about the things that you don't have control over and focus and hone on your skills on how to deal with the things that you do. Yeah, I love it. I love that. And I think I'm going to actually do that you know, <laughs> going into the new year um, because that's a great tool um, because to identify what you don't have control over, I think that's, that's very important. Like, And I thank Absolutely. you for even sharing that with no um, problem. our audience because that in itself is powerful, and I know it'll take it'll decrease, you know, some of that will and want to control, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I know this thing called life, and we all have it like pictured out. And like, you know, even when I think about like for my business, I'm like, this is how much I want to make, and this mm-hmm. is, you know how I want to make it and you know I'm gonna sell this many courses and sell this many this but then it's like okay (laughs) that is something that's great but if it doesn't happen that way it's okay too (laughs) and I think you know goal setting is important but also just to release the will and the want to control is also just as important absolutely don't allow disappointment to navigate our shit um, because I think that's when the fear starts to creep in and yep. you know, the negative thinking and the negative talks and you know those type of things as well so I think that is very 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 important so thank you um, no problem so what are you um, planning to do in this next season 2020 as we approach a new year um, what can our listeners expect from you and also, what do you have in the works as of today? I think that um, for one, I guess I'll answer this in two parts. For one, 2020 for me is, I have said this out loud yet, that's crazy. 2020 for me is going to be my season of forgiveness. Yes. I feel like I am incredible at <laughs> forgiving other people and, you know, letting stuff slide and being able to keep bridges that I may need one day, whatever. But I suck at forgiving myself and I suck at loving myself the way that I know that I deserve to be loved because I have a phenomenal friend and family and boyfriend support system. And they're just a network and a group of people that I would just never trade for anything in the world. But 
I know that everything starts and ends with me. And I want to take some serious time in 2020 to heal myself away from work, away from stress, away from anything that may bring me negative energy and take the time to breed myself and groom myself into the person that I want to be on my own time and on my own accord. And 2020, what people can expect from me is a lot of genuity, a lot of rawness, a lot of realness about how I'm doing and what I'm going through. I'm actually, as the lead writer of a blog called America Hates Us, I actually have this Monday weekly IG live series called hashtag mental health Mondays where I just, I just go on the at America hates us platform on Instagram. And I spend an hour, sometimes if it's really good, an hour and a half on the platform, speaking about my day, talking about how mental health um, is communicated or deprivated through communities and folks of color, whether it's black, brown, Asian, Latinx, um, lesbian, bisexual, queer, gender nonconforming, how it affects all of us in the interim. And I touch on a bunch of topics. The first week I talked about seasonal affective disorder, also known as winter blues. <laughs> and the week before that, I spoke about how relationship and abandonment issues and trauma all intersect within mental health and depression. So I will be taking that full fledge and hopefully that'll turn into a real live event. And I'm also going to be traveling a lot. So take note of me being in Thailand, Paris, Barcelona, and Vegas. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. You are doing amazing, amazing, dope things. And I really, Thank you. Um, I love the name of the blog, <laughs> America Hates Us. Oh, it's fantastic. I, yeah. <laughs> I, think I think that's very dope. But um, definitely, I want of course, to stay connected with Absolutely. you and support you in any way that, you know, you need support. Um, but I know, like, you speaking out loud has been healing and transformational um, and in parallel to, of course, all the other things that you um, do. So I thank you. thank you for even being open and being you know, vulnerable and just speaking your truth because I love Thank that you. you got on here and you were raw and you were uncut. And, <laughs> you know, one thing I <laughs> think you. I really respect is just the fact that you didn't try to get on here and say, hey, I'm all healed and I, I did this. And it's like, no, I'm in the process. I'm helping other people right. in the process. And it's still a journey. And I think that we don't understand that everything is a journey like I don't think you ever really get to the end of anything like nope. I think you <laughs> learn how to cope with it you learn how to live with it you start to not you know let it define you you define it <laughs> absolutely it's like you know we all still have scars but we learn how to wear them proudly and I think that you know in so many words what you're doing and it's ultimately going to help other people overcome and heal as well and start to be more vocal because my my whole goal is 
not only for people to love themselves, you know, the self-love um, trend. And I love that it's a trend because people are more in tune with themselves. But ultimately, get this suicide rate down. Um, Ooh, yes. To, you know, our youth, because it's a lot different from our generation to the generation now. And of course, from my parents' generation to, you know, every generation is different. But I think right now, um, because we're in a more digital space, everything is instant. Um, there's a different process with them. Um, and because everything is at our fingertips, if they want to know about anything, you know, they have access to it. So um, I think for me, to get this suicide rate down, you know, of course, we can't control what God has planned, but I don't think suicide is ever in his plan. It it, it was it was not. <laughs> I so, I can't speak for God, but I think he and I are, right. on the same pl- are on the same page where he's just like, um, this isn't what I, uh, <laughs> this isn't what I uh, expected to happen. <laughs> right. Like, this is not what I asked for, you know, but of course, like, um, I definitely, definitely, like I said, I commend you and I thank you again for thank you so open. much. And definitely, so how can our listeners find out more about you and stay connected with you? Absolutely. So my Instagram is at signed Shonda. So signed like a signature S I G N E D Shonda like Shonda Rhimes S H O N D A. And I don't have a Twitter yet, but I will. On Facebook, you can stay updated with me, my speaking engagements and everything of the sort on signed, comma, Shonda. So signed, comma, Shonda. And then my personal website is www.signedshonda.com where you can actually read blogs in my first person perspective about bullying, about my sexual assault, about what it feels in my mind to have depression and anxiety. So get to know me through my written platforms. And, you know, I look forward to turning out more personal blogs this year. That's that's a goal of mine. And for me to have more interviews with with more dope people and really ensure that, like you said, this is a journey and nobody's alone. And if we all come together and break the stigma around mental health, this journey can be smooth sailing. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. So, yes, guys, stay connected with her, support her. And, of course, if you're suffering and dealing with anything, of course, there are many hotlines, suicide hotlines. And if you know anybody who's going through anything um, who you feel is not at a point um, of, you know, suicide or death or anything, to reach out um, and send them to Shonda, send them her way. Um, It's phenomenal. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Yes, you're phenomenal. And. You know, I just want this podcast to, of course, help begin the healing process to everyone's journey. Um, Again, thank you for being a part of today's episode. And guys, always remember to subscribe, leave us a review. I love hearing from you. My team loves hearing from you. And if you know anyone who can benefit from this podcast, please, please pass this episode along. The more people that you bring this way, it helps us grow as a brand and a community, and we're able to keep providing you with great content. Again, guys, as always, have a high vibe, intentional week. Bye, Shonda. Bye.
Thank you again for listening to Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast was brought to you and sponsored by Women Living Intentional and Intentional Investments. Want to learn more about us? Check us out at intentionallyposh.com. And as always, have a high vibe intentional week.